Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris and no co-host today because this is a unique episode on this version of Sunday Morning Coffee as we are going to be introducing you listeners to our newest co-host, Michelle Wells. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I really am very excited to be here. I really appreciate it. I love hockey and I'm very excited to talk about hockey. Well, we're very excited to have you on. I've been seeing your post because you're out of Pueblo and we're all big uh, USPHL Mountain Division fans here. And I saw a couple of your podcasts start to drop. So I listened to one uh, weeks ago and me and you were talking about it just before the podcast. And it was the uh, interview with you did with Cameron Spicer. And the episode was just really interesting. And I just thought the flow of the podcast was really good. Cameron. I mean, he was a very interesting guest. He was actually a separate um, podcast episode than I do my podcast with the Pueblo Bulls who play in the USPHL, but I felt it was good to interview him because he had played in the USPHL and made it to the Division One level, so I thought it might be interesting to get some insights from him. Therefore, I could maybe form some different questions to ask the Pueblo Bulls players who play in the USPHL and just gain some insights from him about his career as a hockey player and what advice he would have to give to people who are playing in the USPHL right now and how they can make it to the NCAA Division One level and play at that elite level. So I thought it would be really intriguing to interview him. And he's just a fascinating player. And yeah, just overall, he's had a lot of great experiences. Yeah, and it was a really intriguing episode. And there's a lot of people out there who are playing hockey right now and hoping to make it to a Division One school or maybe hopefully make it to a Division Three school. And hearing from someone who's done it and done it recently and how they did it and their experiences within it, it's really something the listeners look for when they're searching for a specific podcast. I would agree completely. And some of the insights that he provided were really interesting and knowing his style of play as like a shutdown defenseman and he's extremely reliable. He's a good penalty killer. I think that provides me with a lot of content for when I get players like that, such as Max and Cottle who plays for the Pueblo Bulls. And that's more of his style of play is that shutdown defenseman who cares about their plus minus and is a good penalty killer. So it provides me with a lot of insight and a lot of content that I could ask possible questions for them. And it just, gives me a lot of information and uh, more to go off of. Therefore, I know like what aspects and what skills you got to work on in order to develop your skills to be a good penalty killer or shutdown defenseman, for example, like Cameron is and just what all it takes essentially and how to develop your hockey career and make it to these elite levels. Yeah, absolutely. And for the listeners here, I, I probably left the title of your podcast out there. And you're the host of Bulls Ice, a uh, podcast you do in collaboration with the USPHL's Mountain Division Pueblo Bulls. And you do a lot of really awesome and interesting interviews in that. And most recently, I think you did one with Lantuk and Cade Corbin, the goaltenders for the Bulls this year. And how much did you like that one? You know, talking to us weird goalies. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, goaltenders, they definitely do have that stereotype that they're weird. These guys were not that way at all. These guys were absolutely fascinating. Some of the stories that Artem told, and Kate, well, both Artem and Cade, of the experiences that they've been through, something really interesting about Artem, I don't want to spoil it per se if you haven't listened to the episode yet, but I will give away that he has trained with players like Valeri Nachushkin and Alexander Radulov and Denis Gurionov and Evgeny Malkin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And so that was something that just spoiled sparked my interest right away. That was absolutely fascinating. He's had them shoot against him and he was telling me all kinds of stories about the kind of people that they are in their 
personalities. And uh, he, I asked him who had the hardest shot, and he said probably Alexander Radulov, but Larry Nachushkin was good as well. And both Artem and Cade were just such fascinating players. They were both born in Russia. Uh, Artem grew up in Russia. And Cade was only in Russia for about 18 months, and then he came to the States. And Cade has played all over the place. He's moved from Minnesota to Canada, uh, most recently Nashville before he came here. And Artem, he was just a fascinating player. Uh, his story about how he became a goaltender, he didn't become one until he was about six or seven years old, he said. And that was just really interesting. And just all the experiences that these guys have gone through at such a young age. Cade is only 18 years old, and Artem's only 20 years old and it's incredible the responses that they provide how interesting these guys are and it's absolutely mind-blowing it's hard to believe that a 20 year old or an 18 year old says some of the things that they do and just the experiences like I said that they have been through it's just it's so fascinating and something I like to mention about Artem is like the wise answers that, that they all provide every single episode uh, the players always provide such wise answers. And one of the ones that Artem was talking about was how the people who were born, the goalies who were born in 2005 even have an influence on him because I asked, I was like, how important is it to you to be a role model for those who are wanting to follow in your footsteps and what advice would you provide to them? And uh, so one of the things he said was that he actually learns from those who were born in 2005 as opposed to 2001, like he was born. And it, it's just incredible how he said that he can learn from those younger players. And just every single answer that they provide is just absolutely mind blowing and takes me completely by surprise how wise they are at such a young age, like I said. That's kind of like I think you had mentioned it. Not on the show necessarily, but in the description of the show where you're like just answers wise beyond their years. And and it really was an interesting listen. And it's funny because, yes, both of them were born in Russia, but Cade grew up in the States. And me and him were going back and forth on Twitter at one point because I was doing a mountain division analysis on pigeonhole hockey. And when I got to his town in Russia, I'm just like, yep, not going to try to pronounce that one. Uh, <laughs> Russia. So he came back and he's like, it's Novokuznetsk. I'm like. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that from just looking at it. I'm like, it would have been easier for me to sound it out with Cyrillic alphabet versus English. But when he came back with it, I'm like, OK, that makes way more sense. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, and wise beyond their years and just but really, really interesting. So listeners, if you're listening to this one, definitely make sure to check out Bull's Ice. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the podcast. But right now, a little bit more about our newest co-host here, Michelle Wells, and it is no secret to our listeners of this podcast that I'm a pretty big Ogden Mustangs fan, which is one of the Bulls Mountain Division rivals. So we do appreciate you jumping on here. We had the Eagles broadcaster Brendan Price on here in August. It was hilarious talking with him. Anyone hasn't gotten a chance to listen to that episode. That one was really great as well. We just we really love Mountain Division hockey on this podcast and the connections between the Bulls and the Eagles and the Mustangs. And, you know, maybe someday the River Blades and the Outliers there. This will be some pretty interesting interactions we have on this podcast. But I'm thinking the, the listeners right now don't want to hear me talk anymore. They want to learn a little bit more about yourself and what led you to your passion for Bulls hockey and the eventual podcast. 
I absolutely love hockey. I Something I always tell people about myself is I was born and raised on a farm in Boone, Colorado, which is a little town that's about 20, 30 minutes outside of Pueblo. So it's still technically a part of Pueblo. And just growing up, I can always remember that my dad had hockey on TV. And I remember I would just go and sit with him and just watch it with him. And then when I was 10 years old, it was Saturday, February 4th, 2012. I still remember the date exactly, and I can remember everything about that day. It was uh, my first ever hockey game. It was the Colorado Avalanche against the Vancouver Canucks, and that's pretty much when I absolutely fell in love with hockey because the moment we got there, just the atmosphere of the, at the time, the Pepsi Center, it was just absolutely incredible. Fast-paced game. It was so amazing to watch, and uh, my he would later become my favorite player. He wasn't my favorite player at the time because I didn't know his name, but Cody McLeod, he got in a fight that game. And that's one of the aspects that I absolutely love about the game of hockey is the fights. I mean, I love the game of hockey more, but the fighting aspect, it's fun to watch as well. And so that was extremely exciting. And, it was just a back and forth game. And I can remember, unfortunately, the Avs did end up, they took it to overtime and then it wasn't decided in overtime. So they took it to a shootout. And then unfortunately, the Avs did end up losing three to two in a shootout to the Vancouver Canucks. So to this day, I still hate the Vancouver Canucks. Absolutely despise that team. But I mean, it was just, that was the moment really that I fell in love with the sport of hockey as a whole. And from then on out, I remember I would always go and watch the game with my dad. Like I said, I loved listening to my dad explain how Gabriel Landeskog had a great net front presence and how he would impair the goaltender's view. And that's how we would score most of our goals and or he could get a good tip in front of the net. And that was something that he was great at. And so I just continued watching hockey with him. And then when I got to be about 12 years old, that is when I started to beg both my mom and dad to let me play hockey. I was like, come on, I really, really want to play. And they wouldn't let me play, however, because I had recently broken my arm uh, twice within within four months playing basketball. Wow. So they wouldn't let me play hockey. Yeah, they wouldn't let me play <laughs> hockey. Um but I kept begging them and begging them. And to this day, it's still like one of my biggest regrets that I never did get to play hockey. And I still wish I did. And then throughout my life, I've been a huge diehard Colorado Avalanche fan, born and raised a Colorado Avalanche fan. And I've been with them through thick and thin, whether they were last place, 48 points in the NHL or when they were the president's trophy winners. One of the best days of my life was at a Colorado Avalanche game with my dad. It was uh, January 6, 2018. And we played the Minnesota Wild and defeated them 7-2. And that was just one of, like I said, one of the best days of my life. And it was actually when Miko Rantanen became my favorite player because he was voted second star of the night for having two goals in that game. Or excuse me, one goal and two assists in that game. So that was awesome. And then at the beginning of this year, it was my freshman year of college. And my she's my boss now for the radio station that I work at Rev 89 like to plug that greatest music ever created but she recognized my passion for the game of hockey and then she told me about the Pueblo Bulls because I was so excited when they had come to town my senior year of high school it was their inaugural season so when I got to college I was passionate about them and so my boss Jenna Lovato put me in contact with the general manager Dave Nelson and so I talked to Dave about maybe doing some play-by-play for them. And he he was uh, going to let me observe their announcers that they already have for hockey TV. So I never did get to do that because of the 
restrictions with COVID-19, unfortunately. But then my boss, one day I wake up one morning she and I get, have a text from my boss and she says, hey, would you like to do a podcast in partnership with the Pueblo Bulls? I think each episode would be about 20 minutes long and you would just interview the Bulls players. And I was like, absolutely, 100% yes. And that's pretty much how I got my podcast started. Last season was my first season and I've started my second season this year. Um, My eighth episode will be dropping on Tuesday, the 26th of October. And that one will feature rookie forwards, Owen Ames and Kevin Arndt. And so I'm very excited about that. And I'm also doing a little bit of radio play-by-play for the Pueblo Bulls now. And that's where we are now. That's all really exciting. And just your passion for hockey growing up. I was growing up playing it. I'd watch it on TV. Again, my dad would have it on and I'd join him and watch the games. But it really got me around age 10 or 11. That's when I just I went from watching it because it was on to I need to watch it because I know it's going to be on. And I know the Sabres are playing tonight. And this is when the Sabres were good. But yeah, you're you're with your team through thick and thin. The Avalanche have had some up years and some down years are definitely on the up and up right now. Whereas the Buffalo Sabres have been in a downward spiral for the last decade. Still love my Sabres, but I have a problem with ownership. Our listeners know about it, so I'm not going to divulge on it. But yeah, the sport grabs you and you become really passionate. A good chunk of my favorite moments out of life come out of hockey. It's such a good sport, and there really isn't much that compares to it. When I got to Ogden and discovered that they had a team there, I knew that Grizzlies were there when I moved to Utah initially. Then discovered that the Mustangs were there, and at that point, that was only the fifth season. Great games, really entertaining hockey. Started to fall in love with, at that time, more the Western States Hockey League. It was really exciting hockey, and I think... All these teams now in the USPHL, I think the competition level has gotten better. Lots more teams to compete against, a lot more competitive games, really exciting hockey. And last year in the Mountain Division, you didn't know who was going to bring home a win. All five teams were so evenly matched, you didn't know who was going to win each night, which just made the game 10 times better. Yeah, I would agree completely with that. And the Pueblo Bulls last year, they were absolutely on a roll. It was only their second year, so it was just absolutely incredible to watch them play. They had great players like Milan Brezko, who had moved on, Mikey Power, who's moved on now, and a great captain in the the Andreas Twins. Wyatt Andreas and Gavin Andreas, they were great players as well. And something that the Pueblo Bulls did that really kind of surprised a lot of people was they took down the Metro Jets, who they're not in the Mountain Division in the USPHL, but they were ranked number one in the USPHL. And then the Bulls played against them and took them down. So that was extremely exciting. And the Bulls, they just battled their hearts out that entire season. And they were ranked first in the Mountain Division for a very long time. And then unfortunately, due to the fact that they weren't allowed to have fans, they had to go on the road for 11 games. When they came back at home, they went on kind of a losing streak, but they bounced back right away and started playing their usual hockey. And they carried that great hockey over into playoffs. And then unfortunately, were eliminated by the Utah Outliers, but they really made a statement in just their second year. They did a, a phenomenal job, and they were they are so fun to watch play hockey. They're absolutely excellent to watch play hockey, and, and one of the guys that stood out to me last year, nonetheless your captain this season, Benjamin St. Ange, just watching him play live last year, just watching the skill 
he has with the puck, just the force he is on the ice. It was just incredible. And you knew he was going to be, I think, wasn't he named the all-star for the Mountain Division or version of that? not 100% certain of that. I know that he has been voted player of the month multiple times and he gets player of the week honors all the time just because he is an outstanding player. I think it is a possibility that he was voted all-star or some of that of the mountain division and it wouldn't surprise me at all. He does things with the puck that as his teammates say nobody else does and as his teammates say they learn a lot from him and something that uh, I'm not 100% certain who it was that told me this. I believe it was either Rylan Markham or William Dobson or somebody like that. But they told me that some advice that Benny St. Ange gave them was to always keep their feet moving in this league. And he said if they always keep their feet moving, that nobody will be able to catch them in this league. And it works for Benny St. Ange. So I think it's just really interesting that he gave them that advice. Yeah, because he's proven that he's one of the best players in the Mountain Division, and I, I'm, I'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty confident he was named one of the All-Stars for the Mountain Division last year for the season, and I think he's having an amazing season already. I think he's, is he leading the Mountain Division right now in goals or assists or points? He is leading the Pueblo Bulls in points for sure. He already has um, 11 goals and eight assists for 19 points in just wow. nine games this season so far. Oh and in the yeah, in his first five games or in the Bulls' first five games this season, he had at least one goal in each of those games, and then he carried it on over into their sixth game. He scored another goal. Unfortunately, he had his goal. He was on a six-game goal streak. Yes, a six-game goal streak. And unfortunately, he had it snap, but then he came back the next game against the Ogden Mustangs and he put up two point or two goals against them so he uh really redeemed himself there and just he's outstanding yeah excellent player now he was on the team last season and, and speaking of last season was there any moment in particular that stood out to you last season with the Bulls well, I guess I would have to reference. We had a lot of players because of the fact that the USPHL was actually playing games and the leagues that they were playing in were shut down due to COVID. And so they weren't playing any games. So a lot of players came down here to play. So we had some great additions like Rocco Testabasi. And I remember, I believe he scored a hat trick in one of the playoff games. I'm not 100% certain who it was against, but he was just an excellent player. Very fun to watch. We had players like Alex Denis come down to play for the Bulls and Lane Kirk. They were from the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, which is a league that players like Matt Calvert of the NHL had played in before. And so that was absolutely incredible. And Lane Kirk, he actually played in the Western Hockey League uh, for the same team that Leon Dreisaitl played for. So that was really incredible. And just overall, it was amazing watching them come together. They always play a little better in front of the crowd as people would expect just because they reference the crowd as their sixth player. So when they were finally allowed to have their season ticket holders back in the stands and I was allowed to go there because I do the podcast in partnership with them. So uh, in order to get content for my podcast, I was able to go and watch their games and they were playing against the Northern Colorado Eagles, which is one of their biggest rivals. And you could tell there's just something more on the line in that game because it's like the battle of Colorado and uh, they beat them that game and just did a great job and it was towards the end of the season it was actually the last game of the season before they headed to playoffs and as we know they defeated noco in the playoffs and to move on to face the utah outliers and make it to the mountain division finals so that was just something so incredible in just their second year playing 30 years of franchise so it that was just so incredible to watch them pull together and win at the level that they did 
it was an interesting year last year. It was in COVID and having to do the the playoffs in, in such a style was was a unique way. It would have been great had Northern Colorado been allowed fans. I think it would have been exciting to have those games occur at either Provo, Utah, or Ogden last year. But Northern Colorado, based off the percentages, was the number one team in the Mountain Division, so they got the host. Um, and just un- unfortunately due to COVID, uh, Colorado uh, wasn't allowed to have fans in any of the arenas. But but yeah, I mean, it was an interesting format, but the way they did it last year was still really exciting, really, really good hockey. And yeah, Utah beat everyone, and they went off to the, the national championships and I think if I'm correct, oh, who was it at that time? I think it was Kyle Cosma was the goalie for the Outliers. And I, if I'm correct, his goalie pads only made it to the arena 30 minutes before game time because they got lost in transit. So a uh, little bit of a spark there for, for the Outliers heading into the national championships, a goalie without his goalie pads. So, And I believe Kyle Cosma is playing at the Aberdeen Wings in the uh, – in the Nall this year. So he's went up to, to play with the wings and really excellent goalie that Utah got on their, uh, on their organization last year and was exciting to watch. Now the bulls have had a couple great acquisitions in this off season and have started really strong. So what are your thoughts on the exciting new additions to the bulls and their start so far this season? I could go down the list and name all kinds of acquisitions that we acquired during the off season that have just made a huge impact for the Pueblo Bulls and done a spectacular job with the team so far. One of the ones I'll mention is Braden Lacomi. He's from Minnesota. He played in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League for a while for the Dolphin Kings. And then he came down here this year. This is his first year with the team. And he already has three goals and seven assists in nine games. So he is on fire. Uh, somebody else that's a uh, new acquisition this year was Tim Kamelov. He actually played in the Slovak First Professional League. So he played professional hockey over in Slovakia. And then he came over here, and like I said, he's making a huge impact as well with four goals and four assists on the season. Uh, Austin Gibson, he's a defenseman, and uh, he's been kind of on a goal streak. He Unfortunately, he had his goal streak snapped against the Ogden Mustangs, too, but then he came back and scored in their, um, their second-to-last game this season that they just had. He's doing a great job. He leads defensemen in scoring right now with six goals and two assists. So he was a great acquisition. Somebody else who's worth mentioning is Rylan Markham. He's a center for our team. And he is incredible at face-off wins. Just that's something I notice every time. And that's something that he mentioned that he really tries to work on is face-off wins. And in my opinion, that's kind of an underrated stat is face-off win percentage. Because winning the face-off just gives you possession right away and just gives your team a better chance to generate some scoring opportunities so I really feel that he's been a great addition to the team and I can just see when he's on the ice he's a great penalty killer and that's one of the reasons that he like credits that he is a good penalty killer is because he's able to go in and win the face off and that just like I said gives your team possession and pretty much prevents the other team from generating good scoring opportunities. So he's a great player as well. We have Thomas Susie. He's a rookie this year, making a big impact. Caden Daniels, his dad actually played in the NHL for the Philadelphia Flyers. He was drafted 27th overall in the first round. So he's another great addition. 
And then we have some young players in Owen Ames, who's the youngest on the team. He's only 17 years old, but he has uh, two goals and two assists for four points this season and in only seven games with the team. So he's been doing an outstanding job as well. And just like I said, there are so many new additions to this team that I could list right now. And honestly, it's kind of an understatement. Someone else who I'd mentioned is defenseman Jack Stecco. He has four assists so far for the Bulls this year. And it's just so amazing to watch players like him as well as Brendan Dicker. And I mentioned Brayden Lacomi already, and they're just all over the place. They're always in the right place at the right time, it seems. And that is just extremely important. So it, they're very fun to watch play and, Brendan Dicker, he's kind of like Rylan Markham in the fact that he is always winning the face-off. So he does a great job at that and just being in the right place at the right time. So, so many wonderful additions to the team this year. And it's just going to be so exciting to watch them continue to progress and get better moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really talented team the Bulls have this year. And I think right now it's definitely... I think it's panning out a lot like it did last year in terms of the the four teams kind of taking off and and right now Provo is kind of struggling to keep pace but that's exactly what happened last year and then Provo came out of the gates the second half of last season and and really just took it to every team they faced only losing one game the second half of the season so hopefully for Provo's sake they can get themselves back in form like they did last year and that we're back to a five team mountain division because I think having that all five teams extremely competitive is what makes the Mountain Division just stand out. We love the Mountain Division. We just love the Mountain Division on this podcast. So now the Bulls play out of Pueblo Ice Arena. Tell us a little bit about the features of the facility. Pueblo Ice Arena, it seats about 800 people. I'm not 100% certain about that. But when you include the beer garden and the VIP section, there's uh, even more people there. And that atmosphere is just absolutely buzzing. That place gets rocking to support the Pueblo Bulls. It gets loud in there whenever they have sellout crowds. It's just absolutely insane. And as I mentioned earlier, Benny St. Ange and players like that will tell you that it's kind of like a sixth player for them just having that crowd absolutely get loud and obnoxious in there they have their uh, air horns that they bring and they just blast throughout the game as well as um, the cowbells obviously or I guess it'd be a bull bell but uh, that they ring throughout the entire game and as I mentioned there's the beer garden that we have as well as the VIP section so that allows for more seating and more fans that are up next to the glass uh, kind of chirping the other team occasionally but always just supporting <laughs> our Pueblo Bulls and they just recently put in a big screen TV there so they are really making the facility like a professional facility it's an NHL sized rink so it's uh, a lot of hitting goes on there for sure so it's it's really becoming a professional uh, facility I guess you would call it and it's just it, it's really they're really improving it and it's it's awesome and it's a great atmosphere no, it looks like it. And the beer garden sounds like my my spot inside the Pueblo Ice Arena. I think that's where you might find me if, if I ever make it to Pueblo for a game. Now, we've learned a lot about the Bulls on this podcast so far. I think it's time we get to know a little bit more about our newest co-host, Michelle. Uh, and listeners, don't worry. Coach Seabass and Ben, or a.k.a. Chud, aren't going anywhere. But scheduling recordings while in Copenhagen gets a little bit tough. Plus, we love listening to Bull's Ice and Michelle's interviews on Rev89. So we want to reach out, or we did reach out to Michelle, and she agreed to jump on the podcast periodically, as you hear Ben jump on the podcast periodically. And uh, we're stoked to have you on, and I think it's time for our listeners to get to know a little bit more about you. So that said, when I talk in an interview, 
I love to talk food. The beer garden, yes, but the beer garden probably has food about it. I love talking food. I'm always hungry and want to know where to eat. Where are some of the best places to grab a bite in Pueblo? Let me tell you, Pueblo has some of the best Mexican food and Italian food you will ever taste in your life. So I would say my go-to place is 100%. Uh, these are local places that I absolutely love. It would be El Nopal would probably be my favorite Mexican food restaurant in Pueblo. It's fantastic there. And uh, another place would be Rita's Mexican Food, and they actually sponsor the ice arena. They're just right down the street from the ice arena. Their Spanish rice is just incredible. I've heard the Pantry is a really good restaurant there. I have not had the privilege of trying it myself yet, but I definitely want to because we're famous for our green chili here in Pueblo. Another place is Coors Tavern. That is a place that people, especially the Pueblo Bulls coaching staff will tell you they love to go to Coors and get a slopper there. And like I said, we're famous for our green chili here in Pueblo. It's the best green chili that there is. So Coors Tavern is definitely a place that you're going to want to try a slopper from there. And if you're uh, in the mood for some good Italian food, I'd plug Musso's Restaurant. They have this sandwich called the Forget About It. And it's um, it's an Italian <laughs> sausage sandwich with um, the green chili pepper and Ooh. cheese and then yeah it's just it's so delicious and i can't even tell you about it and another place would be that the Pueblo Bulls players enjoy going to is angelo's pizza parlor it's new york style pizza and it's absolutely delicious the best pizza i've ever had in my life so definitely all of those places you're gonna want to try and those are my favorites in pueblo for sure uh, all of those sound good especially since it's so close to dinner time here in copenhagen and uh, the second we're done recording this podcast, I'm cooking uh, spaghetti and meatballs, so I'm going to actually be making the meatballs and making the sauce. The spaghetti's boxed. I don't have that much time, but I'm excited <laughs> to get to that. And all this talk of food is making me really, really hungry. Now, if money wasn't an option, where would be one place outside of Colorado you would move to? I think I would want to move to probably Calgary, Alberta, Canada, because, well, the main reason for that is because my favorite hockey player, Kale McCarr, is from there. And just it is it looks like it's an incredible city. It's not um, too much of a difference from Colorado, I don't think, because it's on the Rocky Mountains still is what I've heard. And, and uh, it's not too far away from this place called Banff in Canada. And it looks oh, yeah. absolutely beautiful there. I've seen pictures. Uh huh. And yeah. I definitely I love to have like all four seasons. So I love it when it's winter time to have the snow. And then I love the spring when the we uh, weather gets a little warmer and we have like the rain then and it gets a little warmer there. And then summertime, I enjoy the heat and like summer rains as well. And then things start to cool off in the fall. So I think Calgary, Alberta, Canada would be one of the places I would love to move to and uh, as far as like I always wanted to go to Capri Italy because that the beautiful blue water there is just absolutely incredible and I've never been to a beach or anything like that or anywhere tropical so I think I would want to move there but I don't know if I would love to stay there just because as I mentioned I don't know what the weather is like there if it's just like warm year round and I, I kind of enjoy having like the the snow as I mentioned and the rain so but that would just because how beautiful it is there, that would be one of the places I would love to move. Yeah, I, I like having all four seasons. I'm originally from Buffalo and we have all four seasons and sometimes the snow just comes out of nowhere. But yeah, having the snow <laughs> during the winter is critical and 
having a good summer, but you got to have the beautiful fall. I mean, that's probably my favorite season. And then spring, you know, you got you got to have all the seasons, no matter if when I finally stop moving around and stop in a spot, which I'm pretty much convinced at this point will be British Columbia. Um, it needs to have all four seasons. And oh, yeah, I'm just those are some great places there. I haven't been to Banff. Um, my wife talks highly of it as she has been there. She's Canadian and she's been all over the country and she loves Banff. And it's she said it's her favorite place in Canada. So I don't think Calgary is the a wrong choice being so close, yet you still get all the all the privileges of being in a city there and enjoying what the city of Calgary has to offer. Absolutely. All right. Now <clears throat> You may be happy to hear that Coach Seabass has selected the Avalanche as his 21-22 Stanley Cup champions on the PHH episode 156, which aired October 4th and is called the 21-22 NHL season predictions episode. I'm not as convinced. So what say you? I say 100% that that is a mistake to not be convinced by that. I 100% agree with Coach Seabass. I definitely think the Colorado Avalanche are the they're the best contender this year and I feel that they will raise Lord Stanley's cup at the end of this year. And the reason I say that is because I mean, right now we're one in three, but it's super early in the season and players like Kel McCarr who are coming off season where he was the only defenseman in the national hockey league who was averaging a point per game. Granted he played 14 less games than the, the season had he played, he had 44 points in 44 games in a 58 game season. But I mean, nonetheless, that is still an incredible feat. And it is. Um, he's just an, he uh, he is a phenomenal player being a finalist for the Norris Trophy in just his sophomore season in the NHL and the Calder Trophy winner the previous year. That's just incredible. And then we also have players like up and coming players like Sampo Ranta. He's an incredible forward. He seems to be in the right place at the right time always. He does a great job with puck battles. He could put the puck in the back of the net. And Logan O'Connor as well. Logan O'Connor, I can compare his style of play to Nathan McKinnon sometimes just because the way he flies up the ice. And he's a big guy too, so he'll uh, kind of push his way around and throw people off of the puck. So he does a great job of that as well. And uh, he can put the puck in the back of the net as well. And uh, players like Bowen Byram, who brings a great defensive defense. uh, He's a great defensive defenseman. uh, And he brings a great defensive game to the Colorado Avalanche. And he's a great up and coming player. uh, Might be in the running for the Calder Trophy this year. I certainly hope so. And uh, going back to what I was talking about, we have players like Kale McCarr, who, in my opinion, him and Victor Hedman are the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. And he underwent a procedure over the summer, and he doesn't want to give too many details about that. He mentioned in an interview he did a while ago, so I'm not 100% certain what the procedure was exactly, but... I think that just kind of contributes. He's getting off to kind of a slow start right now, but I think once he finds his groove, he's just going to be the player that we saw last year who is absolutely lights out. And it's almost like his defenders cannot figure out what he does because his edge work and agility and speed, it's just, it's unmatched is what it is. And then we have great players like Miko Rantanen, who in my opinion is the total package. He can stick handle. He's a great shooter as well. Um, Him and Nathan McKinnon, they're a great pair on our top line. And um, 
they do great on the power play as well. And our top line, I believe, is the best in the National Hockey League with a phenomenal captain in Gabriel Landeskog, who's a great leader. His, as I was talking about earlier in the podcast, his net front presence, that's when we see the Colorado Avalanche still even to this day score a lot of goals is when he parks in front of the goalie and uh, impair he could either impair the goaltender's view or he could get a good tip um maybe some uh clean up on the doorstep of a loose puck and Gabriel Landeskog like I mentioned he's just a great leader he's great in the locker room as you'll hear some of the Colorado Avalanche players say and Nathan McKinnon in my opinion it's obviously between him and Connor McDavid but uh, Nathan McKinnon, the reason I say that he is the best player in the National Hockey League is because of the way he ca- he only cares about winning is what he cares about, not his personal stats per se. And uh, that's the thing that they, they compared him to Michael Jordan is he cares about like his teammates. He always wants them to play to the best of their abilities. And he's just he cares so much about his diet and just little aspects like that that contribute to him being a great hockey player and how he'll perform on the ice. He just cares so much about that and um, training off the ice as well. And just when you watch him play, he does things with the puck that nobody else can do. He's just a terrific playmaker and wonderful goal scorer and just so fun to watch. His one-timer is absolutely deadly. Uh, he's great on the power play. And it's real when you watch, it's, it's funny because his defenders never can seem to take the puck away from him. Once he's got it on his stick, I feel like there's no getting it back from him. And then with the addition of players like Darcy Kemper, who's a great goaltender, I personally think he's one of the best in the National Hockey League. I think uh, the Avalanche really kind of upgraded in the goaltending position. So if he stays healthy, I think the Colorado Avalanche will make a great run in the playoffs. And hopefully they will raise Lord Stanley's Cup at the end of the 2021-2022 season. Yeah, staying healthy is probably one of the keys to any of the teams, but particularly the goalies, because I know Colorado's had a struggle with keeping uh, the goalies healthy, especially for Aku last year and the years up to that. But uh, but yeah, keeping your goalies healthy. And yeah, Kemper, I definitely believe, is definitely an upgrade uh, acquiring him. And if he can stay healthy, they could be a serious threat. Now, I will say I did pick Colorado to basically be the President's Cup winners this season, but like I said, Sebastian, Coach Seabass there, may have picked the Colorado Avalanche to advance to the Stanley Cup Finals and win it. I wasn't as convinced, but anyone that wants to know what my answer to that was, and Michelle probably won't like it, and she will probably not be very happy with who I have eliminating Colorado in this scenario, but everyone go back to October 4th episode, episode 156, and give it a listen and uh, and see what I think might happen in the NHL season. That said, you were talking about Nathan McKinnon basically being the Keanu Reeves of the National Hockey League, you know, more concerned about winning than profit gives up. Like, I don't know if McKinnon does. Um, maybe he has signed for less money to keep better talent around. That's what Keanu Reeves does in the in the movie world where he'll give up five, six, seven million dollars of his salary so that they can get better actors into these movies that he can be in with. Now, I'm a fan of The Office. And I'm hoping you're a fan of The Office. Are you? I 100% am a fan of The Office. I don't think you could beat Dwight Schrute and Michael Scott. They're hilarious. That's awesome because you're going to understand what my next question is here. As we're talking about Keanu Reeves and Nathan McKinnon is the Desert Island game on The Office. So what are your Desert Island movies? And for anyone listening that doesn't know what the, the game is, these would be the five movies you'd watch 
forever if you were trapped on a desert island. So they can't just be just five random movies. These have to be five movies you can watch repeatedly until the day you die. I really don't know, even like being faced with this situation, if I ever could choose just five movies. It's, it seems it's, it's like an impossible ask. Um, but if I had to narrow it down, I know 100% one movie that I would take with me would be Miracle, uh, Miracle on okay. Ice. And that's just it's a movie I could watch over and over and over again. And I'm still on the edge of my seat and it gives me chills still. And like, uh, it's just it's so inspiring. And I absolutely love to watch that movie. Um, another, I think that I would choose, um, I would probably go with The Mighty Ducks just because it's a classic uh, hockey movie and uh, one that I watched growing up. So I was always a big Mighty Ducks fan. Um, <laughs> we all were. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think probably I'm a Back to the Future person. So I would probably take. Uh, I would like to watch the first Back to the Future movie. That's uh, probably my favorite of those, even though I love them all equally. I'd probably choose the first Back to the Future to watch. I enjoy Michael J. Fox and all that. And then a movie. Yeah, I don't. There's a movie. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called The Man from Snowy River. And that's just a really, really great movie. And uh, it's really pretty where they're at in Australia. Yeah, Australia is where they're at in it. And so um, uh, I really like that movie. The last one. (sighs) The last one's probably the hardest for me because, I mean, I'm torn between, like, because I'm a, I'm a Marvel person, so I could okay. either choose, like, a Spider-Man movie or, like, uh, Avengers. But I think instead of choosing those, I think I will go with Dumb and Dumber because I really <laughs> don't think there's a movie. I, I think that is probably the funniest movie ever made. Like, each scene has a funny, uh, it's just so funny. So I think Dumb and Dumber would be the fifth, uh, my fifth Desert Island movie. <laughs> I love yes, Jim Carrey. Yeah. No, those are, those are really good movies. I love the Miracle Choice. I do like the Mighty Ducks. I've never heard of the the Man from is it, is it the Man from Snowy River? Yeah, that's what it's called, and uh, it, it's just a really interesting movie. And uh, like I said, it's it's in Australia, so really pretty scenery there, and there's like horses throughout the movie, so that's pretty cool too. Oh, I might have to give that one a check out. But um, no, but those are really great choices there. And I'm sure our listeners have really enjoyed hearing uh, your choices so far. And I think our co-host, Ben, is going to be thrilled. Another Marvel addict has made it onto the podcast. I'm sure if I do a Sunday morning coffee series with the three of us, I'll probably just be quiet while you two talk Marvel movies the entire time because he is a massive Marvel fan. Now, I don't know, Seabass. Sorry if you are Seabass. I do I think Seabass might like him, but Ben is another level of like when it comes to Marvel. And it sounds like you're <laughs> probably the same. Uh, Yeah, I, I fancy myself a pretty big Marvel fan, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm a 100% expert on it. I, I love discussing it, to be honest, and all the possibilities to do with it. And the I don't know if you call them like conspiracy theories, but all the funny theories behind them. I love discussing those as well. So, um, yeah, I, I fancy myself a big Marvel fan. <laughs> OK, well, it'll be exciting to get the, that you and Ben and I all on the same episode and, and find out who likes Marvel better. I guarantee you I will be third place. I think they're OK. They're great. But uh, <laughs> He, he usually hangs up on me when I say that. So, um, But before we do wrap up, Michelle, where can listeners find your podcast? So what you have to do is 
you can find it in Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And all you have to do is you search Rev89 Productions. So that's R-E-V-89 Productions. And there's a space between Rev and 89. And my podcast specifically, as you mentioned, is called Bull's Ice. And that's where you can just anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I appreciate those who listen. It really means a lot to me. I appreciate the support more than you know. And if you listen, you're definitely going to hear some really wise answers. The guys are hilarious as well. And uh, as I mentioned, they're just wise beyond their years. And what they have to say is so fascinating that it's just it's so intriguing and mind blowing. And so you're definitely going to want to give it a listen for sure. So thank you to all who do listen. Absolutely. And yeah, for anyone that hasn't heard that one yet, check that out. It's Bulls Ice, where she has Corbin and Lantouk, two of the goalies on the Bulls this season. And uh, yeah, really, really interesting episode. That said, we do want to thank you, Michelle, the host of Bulls Ice, a podcast in partnership with the USPHL's Mountain Division Pueblo Bulls, for jumping on the episode today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Chris. I loved being here. I uh, loved getting to talk about hockey, share my story, and uh, go, go Bulls. We do want to thank all of you listeners out there, but next time you hear Michelle on this, she won't be a guest. She will be a co-host. So we look forward to having you as a co-host moving forward. Now, we again want to thank all you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think. Also, be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This was a Sunday morning coffee edition of Pigeonhole Hockey with Chris and our new co-host, Michelle. And remember, always clear your crease.